Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This, 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 this is, 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 is. Fight Disciples. Welcome to podcast episode number 851. We are the Fight Disciples. This is your preview for the boxing that's coming up this weekend. Action packed. That's right. Bit of Friday night action, bit of Saturday night action. Make sure you get stuck on into all of that. We'll give you a full preview. We'll also get stuck into some of the big uh, talking points uh, from the world of boxing over the last few days or so. But before we get stuck into it, I know on Monday's show, he went full on in, didn't he? He went full on in. He is literally in the full regalia on his way to Saudi Arabia all over. Knockout He's now playing bloody computer games, mate. What are you, what are you doing? What are you doing? Calm down. You're mate, a grown man. Mate, you remember the times when boxing promos would be like fucking, you know, four lads from Birmingham dressing up as the Peaky Blinders and posing for a picture. <clears throat> and that was about as far as we went. And the fight took place in some 1,200-seater sports hall. That was boxing promotion. When we both started watching, I was covering this game. Where does now? Courtesy of my old mate, Uncle Turkey, we are getting Oscar-worthy promos. Like, that promotion is absolutely insane. The Usyk... Fury one, which I'm sure we'll see again soon, where they went to about four different genres of cowboys and gladiators and all that stuff. That was cool. Well, let's be honest, the promo for Ultimate Chaos or Chaos, Knockout Chaos or whatever it's called, is absolutely sensational. That whole 8-bit video game thing just absolutely works. The bit where AJ, like we should be playing it now, actually, the bit where AJ lands in Japan and a woman batters him with the brush and he's apologizing. Mate, that is absolutely sensational. And then, 24 hours later, if that wasn't good enough, and it was good enough, by the way, that will win awards, that promotion, that is a fact. If that wasn't good enough, boom, they go and drop a low-qual, 8-bit version where you can actually play the character in Knockout Chaos. Mate, it's genius. Genius promotion. Genius. Okay, what you say? It's it. brilliant. You're so easily pleased. <laughs> I am. Because like, I've been it... there. I've spent my entire career covering boxing, and I know where fights were, where the promotion was. This investment coming in from Saudi, mate, I'm just embracing it. I am embracing it because I don't want to go back to sports, to leisure centers, and not, <laughs> never seen a world title fight. We get the big fights on our time zone. 
And okay, we're tiptoeing towards the big fight, but the, I can see them on the end of the hill. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. Have you been playing that computer game? Mate, I haven't won once. I've been knocked out. Doesn't matter whether the goal is AJ or Nganu. I can't win. I can't figure it out. A few thumbs just aren't fast enough. Maybe they need to give it to me nine-year-old and he'll probably win every time. But Yeah. The minute, the minute a video drops, right? The minute a video drops or something new happens regarding promotion, I count to five and you you tweeted about it. <laughs> you, 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 you like, straight in. Oh, my God, he's done it again. Oh, my God. <laughs> Mate, I don't care. I think those promos are wicked. This is a, it's a game changer. You know, we've been blessed to cover the UFC an awful long time. And the UFC, do you remember that one where Jose Aldo and Conor McGregor walked down the street in Las Vegas and it was absolutely desolate and it was like tumbleweeds and all that and then he just came nose to nose? That won a bunch of awards. That was like groundbreaking stuff. With all due respect, that was lower league compared to what Uncle Turkey's delivering for us. (laughs) This is like proper... Hollywood CGI Marvel shit. That All right, I'll ask, you, I'll ask you a question, right? I'll ask you a question. The whole purpose of Saudi Arabia's involvement in boxing is to make boxing better, yeah? Yes. Yes. Has the promos exceeded the fights so far? Potentially, yes. But... No, there's no potential. <laughs> there is no potential about it. Absolutely, the promos are better than the fights at the moment. Correct? Yeah. Absolutely, yes. At the moment. But listen, we're just getting started, man. Come on. You've got to grease the wheels first. You've got to get everyone's brain switched on to this direction. You've got to build it. It needs the crescendo, doesn't it? And at the moment, it's in the building phase. At the moment... Those promos are going viral. They yeah. are going, they're crossing over. People yeah. are watching and out necessarily boxing fans are going, wow, that's incredible. And when you've got people like AJ involved and athletes that cross over to different continents like Nganu, that's how you grow and grow and grow. And by the time we get to Batavia versus Bivol, right, this is the best of the best now. And you're all in because you've been bought in by the promos by the razzmatazz, by the circus. Now, from this point on, you're going to get the best fights in the, in boxing as well. That's what, I'm a dreamer, Adam. I'm a dreamer. Let me dream. That's the way I see the future. That's the way I think Uncle Turkey's mapped, mapped this out. So, yeah, I'm going to get carried away. I'm going to get excited when they drop those type of promos where it's money's no expense. I've never seen anyone spend like this in boxing, so I'm allowed to be excited about it as a boxing fan. Mega. Yeah. Yeah. But I do, obviously, when you call something knockout chaos, when you release a video game with... You you better have some knockouts, man. You better have some knockouts. There's got to be a knockout at the end of it. That's the only thing I will say. Like you just said, if you you go all Friday night, a week of Friday, and there ain't one knockout, there's going to be, there will be chaos and it will be chaos on this bloody podcast, let me tell you. There better be dudes flat on their back from start to finish. Absolutely. Uh, But listen, all joking aside, it is exciting. And I think every single fight fan, obviously there's going to be people that are out there like me 
Uh, but there's also going to be people oh, out so there are, that are. Means, do, do, I don't know. Do you mean like cynical or yeah, cautious, dubious, cynical? Yeah, call it whatever you want. Man. Listen. Yeah, that's fair. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, there's going to be. I, I really do hope that there are football fans, rugby fans, sports fans, people that couldn't care less about sport that are like, "What is this?" Mate, what's it? When's this? What's this all about? Where do I get to see this? What is this? What? Eh? I really hope that that is the case, and I really hope that next Friday the world does stop. I listen. I could poke holes in this fight all day long, all day long, but there's no point. I just want nope. everybody to come to it and 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 just watch it, be a part of it, be enthused by it, and be like, mate, this is a bit of me. And then the next time that we get it, and the next time we get it, will be the undisputed heavyweight championship fight. We'll be mm -hmm. told in May. Um, then the the boxing hardcore fans are in because they're getting the fight that they've been dreaming of for the last twenty five years, and hopefully, the casual audience, as you've just said, have been pointed in a direction over a period of six to nine months. Come here, come here, come here, come here. And then by the time we get it, they go, right, there's a shitload of people now actually with their eyes on boxing once again. It's irrelevant to me where it takes place in the world. It's the fights that I'm most concerned about. And mm -hmm. that's like you just said, if we're going in the direction of getting undisputed consistently across Big all guy. weight divisions, where the number ones are fighting the number twos and the best guys are fighting the best, mate, cool, I'm in. I can't wait for next week. Can't yeah, listen. Week. It's going to be great because the characters are interesting. You know, you've got the resurgence the of Anthony stories. Joshua. Mm -hmm. You've got the resurgence of Anthony Joshua. You've got a guy that is defying logic. And I don't care what anybody says. People keep saying this to me. Oh, he's this and he's that. Nah, man. You're talking absolute shit about Francis Ngannou if you genuinely thought that he was going to come into, fight, into boxing and look like a boxer. You thought that he was going to come with, with his knockout power and you thought that he might be able to land on some dudes and maybe knock them out if you were backing him at all in the world yeah. of boxing. He's defying all logic. If he beats Anthony Joshua next week, he defies all logic. It's not supposed to happen. A person coming from a different sport into elite boxing, the very best. He's already had one and lost. He hasn't, he's never won a boxing match. If he comes in next week and he wins, he defies all logic. But normally I'd sit here and go, it's never happening. It's a lot of nonsense. It's absolutely impossible. But it's Francis Ngannou. Mm -hmm. he, he already has defied he's logic. logic. He's, yeah. alre he's already gone against the grain. Everything that he's achieved so far, you would have gone, you're taking the mic, mate. This, that's Hollywood movie stuff. That doesn't happen in real life. He's already done it. And then the performance against Tyson Fury does tickle your taste buds and get you going thinking, could he? Yeah. Could, could he actually do it? Sound, man. Like you We're going to find out next week. I really hope the world's in on it. I really hope they are. Because I know you are. <laughs> hey, I am all in on it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm just looking at it thinking, what else could you possibly do to point to steer boxing back onto the right tracks. I, I, I maintain, I still think right now, Francis Ngannou is the best opponent for Anthony Joshua for what they're trying to do, i.e. bring eyeballs to the sport to bring people back to boxing. Yeah, I, think I still right. think he'd maintain he's 
Forget about Hergovic and forget about a Joe Parker rematch. Forget about anyone in boxing that makes sense. This is not yeah. a time for boxing to make sense. This is a time for boxing to go, right, we're new and improved now because we've got one man steering the ship for the entire sport. And this guy is saying, right, we're going to get the best versus the best. Come on, come with me. And we're going to go there. There it is. There's the promised land right there. Come and join the party. So I want everyone to join the party because all you can do is go, right, okay, I believe you. Let's go. And in two years' time, if we still haven't had a disputed across four or five weight divisions, then we can start going, aye, aye, bollocks. You said you were going to do X, Y, and Z. But right now, mate, boom. I am on that crazy chain. <laughs> <laughs> mate. I, I really hope that your enthusiasm pours into me. I really do. I hope I, I, I hope I get a little bit of that. Right, give me till Thursday next week. We've got four live shows planned next week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. By the yeah. time we finish our live recording on Thursday, you're going to be as giddy as a schoolboy as I am. Fair enough. Right, there you go. That's the challenge next week to get me pumped up. Everybody watching this is going, he's a miserable fucker, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> No, just been here many times before. All right, and I've been bitten. Okay, that's yeah. why I'm like I am. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, we're going to be reinvigorated next week, and fingers crossed that's... it delivers all the things that have been promised. If this fight lives up to the promos, the pomp, the ceremony, trust me, Saturday morning, I'll be like, oh, my days, here we go. Anyway. As uh, my old man used week. to say, when it comes to me, I'm gullible and lovable. There you go. But I'm all in. Come on. Break lovable me off. and lovable. There you go. I like that, mate. Um, one thing that I do love, this Friday night, um, we've got an attempt at becoming uh, a European champion once again. He's already done it at welterweight. I mean, this guy's career is he's mad as a box of frogs. Sam Eggington taking on Abbas Barrao. It's on uh, Channel 5. It's the uh, super welterweight uh, European title fight in Telford. And... The more I think about Sam Eggington, the more I think to myself, you're everything that I love about this sport, mate. Everything mm -hmm. I love about it. You turned over in order to help your family out. You're a forklift truck driver. You wanted to be a journeyman to make a few quid. You realise that you've actually got a little bit of something about you and you've just gone on this absolutely batshit crazy career. 34 and 8. That's where he's at right now. 34 and 8. That's his, that's his record. And... He's already, like I've said, he's already been European champion at welterweight. He's already been British champion at welterweight. He's already been Commonwealth champion at welterweight. He's been in with some lads that have won world titles. He's lost against some of the very best. He's lost some that he shouldn't have lost. He's won mm. some that he shouldn't have won. It's just yeah. crazy. Absolutely crazy. He's still going. Last time I, I was there in Bournemouth on the undercard of uh, a Coley, Billum Smith. And he got brought in that night as uh, Sam Eggington, kid in the yeah. other corners undefeated. Pick right, go on. Yeah. Go go batter Sam Eggington and make yourself a bit of a name. And Sam Eggington were having none of it. He turned up and he went, nah, mate, you're not building your career off me yet. Here we go. Bosh, straight through him like a dose of salt. Sensational yeah. performance. And he's rightfully set himself up an opportunity in, 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 in his local area, let's call it that, in Telford. In the, you know, he's local to this area. Um, and he gets himself a shot at another European title. Imagine becoming a two-weight Euro European champion when you just set out to be a, a, a journeyman. Phenomenal. He's up against it, don't get me wrong. Kid can fight in the other corner, but sucking mm -hmm. Sam Eggington. And he'll absolutely 
go out on his shield if he's going out. He'll throw the kitchen sink at this. I'm, I can't wait to watch him do his thing once again on a Friday evening. Sam Eggington, you know, whether you like it or not, if you're a British boxing fan and you watch this game religiously and you you, you can't... I guarantee he's in everybody's top five favourite fighters, favourite British fighters of this era, because he just delivers. Hey, that is a massive statement. That's massive. I get, listen, he this is delivers you, right? Time after time after you, time. You've got Giddy off to, uh, Turkey LCX promos, right? And now you're guaranteeing. The Nick Pete I fans. guarantee. I guarantee. Fan, if you're a boxing fan, how can you not love Sam Eggington. How can you not tune in to Sam Eggington? He's a fighter made for TV. You've just gone through his yeah. backstory. You've gone through his record. Started off as Midlands area champion. When he won that, he was like, this is my version of a world title. No, it isn't, Sam. You're going to fucking go on and you're going to achieve so much more. As you say, multiple time British champion, Commonwealth champion, former European champion, beating world champions, Malinagi and all that. Had that massive domestic Birmingham rivalry with an Olympic, uh, a, a former world amateur champion. He's had massive, massive nights. And yet sometimes as well, he's been on the wrong side of things. You know, Liam Smith, okay. Liam Smith may be a step too far. But, you know, there was other nights when he got robbed. He got robbed against Cheeseman, I seem to remember as well. And as you say, the Pigford thing last time out wasn't supposed to happen. But that's Sam Eggington's entire career. It wasn't supposed to happen. Luckily, he's managed by John Pegg and John Pegg, also writes movie scripts. So anyone that thinks there ain't going to be a Sam Eggington story, you better believe John Pegg has already wrote the first 10 chapters. There's a chapter left, though. We used to always say, didn't we? Please, Barry Ayn, take... Then became Eddie, but please, Barry Ayn, then now Eddie, please take Sam Eggington to Las Vegas. Please put his name up in lights. That was the journey. That was the conclusion. That was the ending. And maybe that's still there, but you're right. He is really up against it this weekend. Once again... Abbas Barrao is an out, was an outstanding amateur at youth level and at senior level. He won the European Championships as an amateur, beat Pat McCormack in the final, who was the favourite for that tournament, then went to the World, got a bronze medal at the World Championships. But again, listen, Sam's beaten elite amateurs before, but Barrao is very, very good. You know, he's he's 14 and 1 as a pro. His only loss was against Jack Kolkai, another German a former world champion, German as well. He's been to the UK twice before. He scored two big knockouts on his time in the UK before. So Barrow is a, a very talented fighter. Last time I looked as well, um, but it was a few, last time I seen him fight, I seem to remember Adam Booth was in his corner. I don't know whether Adam Booth still corners Barrow or whether he's moved on. I think that was around 2022, 2021 maybe. So I don't know whether Adam Booth will be in his corner this weekend. Apologies if not. But he has worked with Adam Booth previously. May well still do. Um, which just shows, you know, Adam Booth doesn't waste his time with anything but world-class talent. So, yes, Sam's up against it. Yes, the bookies should be against him. But you know what? Mm -hmm. This is where Sam Eggington lives, man. What else is new? What else is new? Yeah, it's good, man. It's good. Um Decent little, it's a decent little card. This actually Friday night. You know what I mean? If you've, uh, if you, if you're staying in, if you're not doing too much, whack on a bit of Channel Five because, like you said, main event's going to be cracking. Sam's going to bring it. He's at home. He's taking on a top talent, so it should be a cracking knock. And there's a little yeah. bit of something on the undercard as well for everybody to get stuck into. Well, that one on the undercard, that's an that southern area one, and not to hamper on about it too much. It's just interesting because Daskaloo's nine and zero undefeated. Jackson Brown is seven and zero undefeated. So two undefeated guys, 
fighting for the sudden area uh, super middleweight title. Fantastic. How can it not deliver? Yes, amazing. But actually, when you dig into it, that's glues the young kid. He's the young 20-something coming through. I did all his own way. Not really fought anyone with a win. Well, factually, hasn't fought anyone with a winning record. But he's put together this 9-0 run inside 20 months, getting a sudden area title fight sound. Joe Jackson Brown, the other corner, has had a completely different journey. Joe Jackson Brown, when he was 22, 23, 3-0 in boxing, bit of a prospect. And next thing you know, <laughs> coppers knock on his door. They get found out that he's doing a grow. Old Mr. Professor Greenfingers gets sentenced. Part of us, I remember reading the story. He went to see the judge and he said, listen, I'm a boxer with a big prospect. You know, this is a mistaken identity thing. I think he'd signed for a property. He said he had nothing to do with it. He'd countersign for someone regardless. And the judge went, nah, man, don't care, and, and sent him down. So he did a little bit of time. Then he had trouble getting sponsorship. He's only from a small town down south. Apparently getting sentenced, having been dubbed, you know, Mr. Skunk, whatever. Uh, meant that he couldn't get any sponsorships and support. And if you're not an elite amateur, if you haven't got a big promoter, mm. then that makes it 10 times worse because all these, most of these boxers around the country that we talk about get excited about in the UK. When you go deep, there's usually a scaffolding business, maybe a local solicitors, a local taxi firm that are giving them 1,500 quid a month or whatever, which is essential to keep them ticking along. And Joe Jackson Brown was like, listen, man, I can't box anymore. So we had to have more time off. Then he came back, won a couple more fights. Now he's had more time off. So his career has been absolutely stop-start. So even though he's 7-0, and that 7-0 career probably goes back about 10 years. So these guys are in two completely different places. Young kid, 20 months, nine fights, undefeated, bang. Another guy, seven fights, undefeated, spread over 10 years, done time, done this, done that. Sudden area title fights, kids. Come on. Area title fights are the best. It's on TV. Channel 5, Friday night. Make sure you're checking it out. Um, on Sky, Saturday, you've got uh, Lee Wood's old title up for grabs, which is the WBA featherweight championship. Vacant for Otterbeck, Kolmatov. Uh, and uh, Ray Ray Ford is uh, the uh, the guy in the opposing corner. Match room are very high on, on Ray Ford. They've been talking about him for a long period of time. Obviously, they brought him over to uh, the UK, if you remember, during the uh, the lockdown situation, back garden brawls or whatever they were calling it, match room back garden. Uh, they, uh, they put him in with my guy, didn't they? Put him in with Bellotti, and he sparked Bellotti, I think, in a couple, I think it was three rounds or something like that. He's a very slick operator. He's only 24 years of age. I like him. I like when, he, when he's interviewed, I like the things that he says. Um, last time out, he looked really, really good against Jesse Magdalano. Uh, he's a talented, talented operator. But, Kitty Winks, yep. Otterbeck Kolmatov, different kettle of fish, this lad. Um, the way that he dealt with Thomas Patrick Wood oh. was one of their moments. Listen, you can knock over loads of people, can't you? And you can have these great records and you can be the knockout king and all this type of stuff. Thomas Patrick Wood, I held in very high regard. Very slick fighter. Yeah. He had been the matador to many bulls in this division. Mm-hmm. And Komatov was just having none of it. He just went, nah, mate, that's not how we're playing today. Because I can I can do the matador thing as well if you want, yeah. but I crack. So I deal with this. Yeah. Um, and he was sensational that night. And he's been sensational so far. 12 fights, undefeated, 11 knockouts. Um, the, 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 the question I've got here, and I don't know whether you feel the same way, is... Can Ray Ford drag him late? Because if you look at if you look at um, the records professionally, 
Ford has done rounds. Yeah. He has gone he has gone deep. All right, eight rounders, ten rounders, a couple of twelve in there as well. He's gone deep with some of his uh, opponents. So therefore he's got the he's got the miles. He's he's done it. He he knows that he's got the tank to be able to go a little bit later. Kormatov, I think he's only been slated for 12 fights. I think he's done one. He smashed the other dude in five. A lot of his stuff has come in rounds two, rounds three, rounds four. So can Ray Ford deal with Kormatov early? Yeah. And if he can, what does that look like down the back end of the fight? I'd love to see it. I don't know if we'll get there. Mm-hmm. But that would be for me, if I'm Ray Ford's team, I'm thinking, right, let's see if we can get him into the second half of this fight and let's see if we can put the gas on him late. I think it's a really fascinating matchup. Komatov's a sensational talent. I think he's going to win, if I'm really, really honest. But Ford's been impressive. He has, yeah. you know, he's. they both earned the shot. It's a vacant title shot. So let's see what's what on Saturday night. Yeah, I think it's an absolutely outstanding fight. Could even be the fight of the weekend. Guy who's 12 and 0 with 11 knockouts. The guy who's 14, 0 and 1. There's a draw in there for four, but you know, don't look look past that. Uh, everyone's everyone can have a bat an off night, but the seven knockouts in there as well, 50% knockout rate. But you're right. You know, you can look at it comparatively and go, well, this guy obviously hits a lot harder because this guy's only got a 50% knockout rate and he's got like a 90% knockout rate. But then you can certainly argue that Ray Ford's mixed with a better class of opponent more consistently. You know, going in there and getting a win over the former world champion, Jesse Magdalano. Komatov's never beat anybody of that caliber. Both these guys as amateurs were outstanding juniors. Both of these guys probably turned over without having too much senior experience. But then if you look, they were both consistently losing to outstanding seniors in the amateurs. There was an outstanding Kazakh that was a multiple-time gold medalist. Likewise, Ford was running into an outstanding senior placed in there. He was a multiple-time Olympian. So they were restricted, which is probably why they turned over similar times. Ford's 24, Komatov's 25. Mm. Like They're basically the, the same fighter from two different parts of the world. And again, while Komatov's got a lot more knockouts, when you look at Komatov's record, the first eight fights, they're just journeymen. And okay, he's doing what he should do against Journeyman. He's blowing them away. But there's not a lot of rounds in there. But you're right. The one I pick out is Tommy Ward. Tommy Ward is a very, very good boxer. Not not, you know, not the biggest puncher. Far from it. I'll give you that. But the amount of times we've seen Tommy Ward dance around motherfuckers, dance around punchers, light them up, box, totally outbox people. The Matador, perfect description for him. The amount of times we've seen him done that, you think, well, Ford, maybe Ford's a bit better, but he can't be a lot. That's It'd be impossible to be 10 times better than Tommy Ward at that game. And that makes, if Komatov can close the ring down, shut down Tommy Ward, and do to Tommy Ward what he did so impressively up in Newcastle, then Ray Ford better have his skates on, mate, because this kid's clearly a ferocious puncher. So I think it's a brilliant fight. Absolutely brilliant. This, again, this is what boxing should look like. This is what yeah. we've been asking for. This is two guys in a vacant world title fight that absolutely should be there with all the talent in the world, not trying to dodge anybody. It's a massively risky fight for Ford, who is being sold as you know one of the new big stars coming out of America. And for Komatov, of course, it's jumping in at the deep end. You know, you haven't fought any world champions yet. Boom, you get a world title fight. Let's see what you do. I can't wait for it. Like, again, I think it could be the fight of the weekend. Yeah, listen, I think the uh, the men as well is actually solid. We, uh, Luis Alberto Lopez, we've uh, 
obviously we've all become well aware of what Lopez is all about with what he did to yep. Mick Conlon and uh, uh, Josh Warrington. Um, he defends his IBF uh, title on this card against the Japanese fighter. Uh, this is nice uh, as well because it sets up basically two semi-finals for the unification, hopefully on the same Yeah, style. and he's earned his shot as well as the Japanese fighter because he beat Kiko Martin, as if everybody remembers, last year. Yeah. So very talented lad. Okay, he might not necessarily have the stinger in order to yeah. put Lopez off. Lopez definitely does have the stinger. Um, but we also, in the fights where Lopez took on Warrington, for example, he can be outboxed down the back end of a fight. So again, maybe the narrative's similar here. If uh, if if Eb can take him a little bit later, you never know down the back end. Again, I'm favouring Lopez in that fight, and I'm favouring Kormatov, who yeah. obviously do have those equalisers. But they're up against lads that know what they're doing. They've earned the opportunity to be there, um, and it's a world title fight. So mm-hmm. let's go, baby. I think I think it's I think it's solid. Obviously, your boy Nico Ali Walsh is on there as well. Mm-hmm. It's a top rank. Uh, run card, so you'll get this on Sky Sports in the UK. Um, so tune on in, man, because I think there's a good couple of fights there. Yeah, my only fear for our Abe is it Abe, Abby? What are we saying? Abe, I'm pronouncing it Abe, but Abe, my pronunciation has been off on several uh, fighters over uh, the years. I so, should, I should, <laughs> Christ, Jesus Christ, that's my <laughs> MO. Um, let's call him Abe kindly. Um, but just digging into his record, you know, he's got he's had 29 fights. All 29 have been in Japan. 28 yeah. of them have been in Tokyo. And in fact, when you dig in, 28 fights, basically about 20, 25 of them have been at the very same venue. Three or four have been at other small hall venues. And when I looked into the venue, it's like a 1,200-seater sports hall on a 10th floor of a Tokyo high-rise kind of thing. And that's not knocking the kid, of course. But what I'm saying is we talk domestically about, oh, he's a small hall fighter moving up for his big opportunity. That's exactly what this guy is. Yeah. He's had one fight at a decent venue. His last fight over Kiko Martinez, Great that fun. was held at the uh, the volleyball stadium that is used for the Tokyo Olympics in 2021. And that's a 10,000-seat. I don't know how many was there in the night, but that was the first time he'd been at a what you would say is a decent-sized venue. And he produced his best performance, of course. He got the win over Kiko Martinez, which lands him this world title opportunity. But for Abe, this is all going to be brand new. Kids never been outside of Japan before to compete. You know, this is going to be a massive change for him. Can he rise to the occasion? Or is Louis Lopez, you know, is he the best featherweight on the planet these days after the reshuffle in this weight class? It's a good night, that. That yeah. in uh, that that like you like you said, fight of the weekend's probably Komatov forward, but it's a decent little card that, so a uh, lot yeah. to tune into. Nico's coming up for off a loss as well. Remember, Nico lost his last one, so he's lashed his trainer, as boxers tend to do. He's now working with Ismail Salas in Las Vegas as well, Nico. So, all eyes on Mohammed's. I wore this T-shirt in tribute. There you go, Nico. Yeah, shout out to your granddad. Um, but yeah, Nico's with Ismail Salas now, so you need to see a reaction to the kids suffering his first defeat. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Got your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Um, 12 threes, baby. 12 threes. Amanda Serrano. We love her. Uh, defending her unified championships, as we all know, that she lashed the WBC because the WBC wouldn't sanction 12 threes for female fighters. Bye. Don't let the door hit you on the way out, WBC. (laughs) Mate, I've had loads of um, interesting conversations with female fighters recently about three-minute rounds. And there's so many on the board. uh, Like at the weekend, I was talking to Chantel Cameron in the build-up. Fingers crossed that she's going to get a shot. Uh, with uh, Katie Taylor in uh, in May, May twenty fifth is the is the rumored date for them. Spoke yep. to Michaela Meyer, obviously in the build up to her fight with Tash. Who else did I speak to? Uh, Ellie Scottney. Spoke to Ellie Scottney about it. There's loads that I've been speaking to, and we've, we've, I'm trying to spitball the idea of of trying to make it more common for the elite fighters, right? So therefore, they're making the request. Yeah, that's the mate. I'm just trying to do it sub, subliminally, so they then take the mantle. And I think the general consensus was 10 twos is 20 minutes, right? So if you were to do 12 threes, then you go into 36, okay? So you, you've got an extra 16 minutes worth of work there. Is that too much is basically the conversation that I'm having with, with several fighters. But they're all in on three-minute rounds. So is there a case of, okay, maybe 12 is too much of a jump? Mm-hmm. What about eight? What mm-hmm. about... 10, those types of conversations. But every single female fighter that I'm speaking to at the moment, especially the elite girls, the girls at the top end, are all saying that three minutes is absolutely the thing that we need to be doing and moving towards 12 eventually, maybe not immediately, but eventually, in order to, uh, one, get parity, and two, you know, get, get those viral moments because they all believe that, listen, you can hang on for 120 seconds, can you hang on for 180 seconds? And I and they genuinely believe in that last minute they'll be delivering all the things that we've been saying over the last eight years. And Amanda Serrano is the is the poster girl of that, and she's doing it again this weekend. Fantastic. Yeah. And the reason being because <clears throat> she's got a promoter in Jake Paul that rightly puts her at the top of the tree. She's the established world champion. She's the unified champ. Let's put her right there. Oh, you, she wants more money? Sound. Well, she wants to do 12 threes, so I'll pay her like a male fighter who does 12 threes. In fact... She probably gets paid more than a, a lot of male fighters that do 12 mm. threes. You know, she's getting seven-figure paydays now. And I think once you introduce seven-figure paydays to headlining female established top-end world champions, then I think they would be quick to change the 12 threes as well. Because a lot of these girls, they probably told you, they train three-minute rounds. It's not like Fight they lads. Actually, Mate, the sparring lads. Mean. They're sparring lads for three-minute rounds. All their training's yeah. based around three-minute rounds. It's not like they bring it down to twos. So it's all about finances. You know, we know that. Of course it is. It's got nothing to do with health and safety or any bollocks like that. It's got to do with finances and the promoter's point of view. And it's got to do with too many old men in blazers worried about women's health and everything else. The same type of people that in the 60s wouldn't let women run in marathons. They're the same type of crowd. And once they 
gone once they're out of the sport. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe not jogged, stumble on with their <laughs> Zimmer frames. And we have a new fresh blood running these sports. It'll take time. Don't get me wrong. But hopefully we can go in a different direction, get rid of those governing bodies and come to people who actually want for the good of the sport and the good of the athletes and the finances. Then I don't think it'll take too long to switch over to 12 threes. But thank God for Amanda Serrano. Thank God for that she's the trailblazer. And as you say, she goes into her second 12 threes this weekend against Nina Menke, defending her undisputed, undisputed, I won't have anything else said, World Featherweight Championship belts. Yep, absolutely fair. Can I also, and I know that people might groan, I just want to highlight Jake Paul. Because from a promotional point of view, as you as you just highlighted, I think he's yep. been a breath of fresh air. I think his attitude towards really pushing Amanda Serrano and, and, and creating a platform for her to shine and supporting the things that she wants has been brilliant. So from a promotional point of view, I think he's been ace. I think, obviously, he's come under a little bit of fire, hasn't he? Because he's come into the world of boxing, former Disney Channel presenter, and he's, uh, you know, he's, 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 he's portraying that he's this and he's that. Listen, yes, he's had some Mickey Mouse fights in there. All right? Pardon the hey. Disney puns. Um, and we can all poke fun at certain, th those particular fights. And yes, we've heard the sound bites that he wants to fight Canelo and all these types of things. We've all heard that, right? Forget but, about that. That's not real. Just forget about that stuff. Yeah, but he, what he's done, listen, he put, he put himself on the line against Tommy Fury. Okay, yeah. he came up short there. People can argue the, that fight and the, the, the results of that fight. But what I will say is, his last two, in particular, he's put himself in against the actual boxers. Well, All right. Second boxer, yeah. yeah. All right. They're of a level. Get yeah. it completely. But these are boxers. Boxers that have, you know, been in gyms for a long period of time, done it since they were kids, come through and having a bit of a go themselves. And last time out, listen, he took the dude out in a round, didn't he? Phenomenal knockout. Now this, yes, you can delve into the record of his opponent. 17 and 2, it looks great. And you can delve into that and you can see that it's padded. You can see that he's not beating any winning guys in there. And it is what it is. But he's still fighting boxes. He's moving in the direction now of mm -hmm. actually fighting boxes. He's not fighting a basketballer. He's not fighting a fucking fellow YouTuber. 50-year-old MMA fighter. He's not doing that. He's actually mm -hmm. fighting a boxer. A person that on paper looks like, right, he's got a winning record. Let me fight that guy. And I've got, and, and I commend that. I commend the dedication that he's putting into the sport. I demand, I, I, I commend the amount of, of of work and effort he's putting in to himself and to other fighters to try and make it better. Fair play, lad. Fair play. Crack on, son. Yeah, yeah. As long as he stays on this route of fighting actual boxers, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And I, you know, everything I've seen from Jake Paul, and listen, I'm, I'm not mental. I don't look out for too much, but all the bits I've seen of him training and his footage, you know, his, his, his social media has kind of drifted away from him being a dick and, you know, drinking and partying and being doing what usual, you know, young 20 lads do and running around and, and causing chaos to now basically living a very strong fighter's life to, you know, training hard in training camps, a lot of S&C, a lot of boxing training, a lot of fitness involved. And he himself has come out and said, boxing saved my life. And I don't know how dramatic that is. You know, I, 
think he likes to him and his brother like to portray this two rough kids from the streets. I don't think they're that. I think they're from a pretty affluent family. But regardless, it doesn't matter. Anyone can mm. go off the street and narrow. And boxing seems to be keeping him absolutely on the street at the moment. He's done incredible things for Amanda Serrano's career. He's doing incredible things for boxing and for young people out in Puerto Rico with the amount of money he's putting into the amateur side of the sport and grassroots over there. And as long as he keeps pushing forward this 12 threes for women, this pay parity for women that he himself is funding and driving, then I think it's absolutely fantastic. Honestly, now he's come away from, you know, trying to pick off retired UFC fighters and basketball players and YouTubers. For me, he's not part of the Misfits crew anymore. No. He is. A young, a, go. a novice boxer that's going, you know what? I'm going to fucking have a good go at this and see how... Had he lost to Tommy Fury and then gone back to the Misfits world, I'd have been a bit like, oh, there you go, there's your two colours. But he hasn't. He's gone the opposite way. He's gone from Tommy Fury. I think he did the Nate Diaz daft thing, and then he's gone, right, only boxers from here on out. Let's see how far I can take this. The beauty of that is because um, he's got this daft relationship with one of the governing bodies. That governing body has spurious belts like they all do. And listen, at some stage, he might get himself towards a USA, maybe not the national title, but a USA fringe bollocksy belt or whatever it may be. And for him, that's his world title. That's as much as he could possibly achieve. I'm going to knock him for that. Any man that gets into a boxing ring, especially to take on people that have been boxing their entire lives. If this kid he's fighting at the weekend... You can pick goals and go, oh, he has been inactive, he hasn't done this, he hasn't done that. Kid box for the fucking Golden Gloves as an amateur. And then, you know, he's had an extensive, he's got a winning record as a pro, regardless of how much activity he's had. doesn't matter as long as nothing untowards is going on. If Jake Paul is getting in and beating this calibre of guys, brilliant. How far it goes, I don't know. Does Jake Paul truly believe in getting? Of course he doesn't. But let me, I'm quite happy to follow his journey, especially if... What he brings to the table is eyeballs, and those eyeballs are then being able to finance what he is financing, i.e. Serrano, i.e. the co-main event here, Gonzalez versus Santiago, Puerto Rican Southpaw versus Puerto Rican Southpaw, world title fights, fucking, you know, all on the line. Mate, come on. It's the good stuff. So if he's funding that with his celebrity, as well as chasing a dream of his own and changing his whole life, how can you not love and respect the kid for it? Fair play, man. Um, you mentioned, obviously, when we were talking Jake Paul there for a second, he mentions Canelo a lot. So seeing as that he's mentioned Canelo, let's just bring the Canelo story back into uh, to the show because we've spoken about it a couple of times because we still haven't got any confirmation of who he's going to be fighting on Cinco de Mayo. As of yet, loads of rumours floating around. On Monday, we were telling you that if it's Belanga, it's absolutely ridiculous. No, where should that be, the fight? Jaime Munguia is a good consolation off the back of it not being David Benavides. The the reason why I wanted to bring it back up again, because there's loads of people going back and forth talking about Canelo and he's ducking this and he's ducking that. And listen, you can you can make that argument and I'm not going to argue against you, but what I am going to do is off the bit of information that I've been given this week regarding the PBC contractual fall down, right? Mm-hmm. So when Canelo signs his deal with PBC, they guarantee him 35 million a fight over three, and, and they're guaranteeing three fights, right? Yeah. So best part of, a, what is it, 105 million quid there, guaranteed. There you go, so a, a dollar, should I say. In that time of the of 
agree in three fights, agree in 35 million a fight. They then also start to agree and and float around who the opponents are going to be. And obviously the Charlo twins are mentioned in there. Errol Spence is mentioned in there. There's a couple of other uh, PBC fighters that are that are mentioned in there that Canelo can obviously fight and showcase himself against uh, on their platform. What we're led to believe is that never once in those conversations was David Benavidez mentioned. Who did that chat? Yeah. Who did that conversation? Who sits down with Canelo and said, right, we're going to do three fights for you, mate, right? We've got this lad. We're not going to talk about him. What do you mean you're not going to talk about him? That's the fight. Yeah, that's so, how you make some money. <laughs> so with all, or yeah, how PBC makes some money, of course. So with, with all due respect, I know that we, listen, you can dog on Canelo all the time and you can give him as much abuse as you want to abuse, right? But this is a guy that has a track record of fighting the very best, going out of his comfort zone to fight the very, very best, stepping up in weight to fight the very best, chase the best champions, right? So that's his track record. That's his history. So think about that first and foremost. Then you've obviously got the David Benavidez situation where it looks like from the outside, Canelo is avoiding the David Benavidez move. He's going down these other routes. He wants this, he wants that. Well, hang on a minute. Think about it from your point of view. If you go to work and your boss agrees to massively over overpay you for relatively straightforward work. You're going to shake his hand and say, yeah, no worries, boss. Let's get cracking. Then the boss realizes, fucked up here a bit. <laughs> I'm paying this dude a shitload of cash and it's easy work for him. Right, we need to make that work a little bit more difficult because I need to be making a few more quid, right? So then you go back to the guy and you say, right, we want you to do this job now. Yeah, no worries. I'll do that job for you, but it's going to cost you this. No, 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 no. We've already agreed the price. Yeah, we agreed the price for that job. We ain't agreed the price for this job. Let's agree the price for this job. So that's where the sticking point is. So PBC have gone back to Canelo and said, David Benavidez. And he's going, yeah, I'll do that a bit, David Benavidez, but it's not 35 million, lads. We agreed yeah. 35 million for that fight, that fight, and that fight. So if that's yeah. your ballpark, if that's your, if you're, if that's your uh, level. For easy work. For the easy work, that's not easy work. I'll do it, but it's this. Ooh, hang on, hang on. So that's where the sticking point is. PBC uh, breached their deal. As if they didn't speak about David Benavides at start. Are they daft? Stupid. So they kind of, you know, they kind of the makers of their own downfall here. And because they won't work with other people, it seems. They're not getting involved in the Saudi Arabian boom. They're not getting involved in cross-promoting with other people that we've seen, for example, Oscar Del Hoya speaking very positively about doing that with Eddie Hearn this week, hasn't it? Yeah. It's it's just crackers, mate, that we've we've ended in this situation. Um, I really hope that it isn't Edgar Belanger next for, for Canelo because he's just going to get absolutely tons of views. I hope that he takes control of the situation has the conversation we had. He said, listen, man, let's do the Jaime Mungia fight. That seems the best option at the moment on the table if we're not going to get David Benavides. Yeah, yeah. Although, although um, Belanger has come out, Danny, and said that uh, no one speaks for me or something. I speak for myself or something like that. So Belanger still believes he's absolutely in the conversation, but... I, I don't want to see that fight. I don't want to see that fight at all. If Belanga wants a test, there's a kid called Pacheco out there, kid. Let's see if yeah. he's him first. Because I think that's the fight for Pacheco, to be totally honest with you. But uh, 
But yeah, it, it, listen, it's a shame that all that all the new, all the sound bites coming out of the Benavidez camp is we're not we're not even being spoken to. We're not even in the conversation. It's all Benavidez dads keep saying. Why 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 is no one even involving us in the Canelo chat? It's mad. That's the only chat that should be taking place. So even though you've highlighted there, well, PBC never put it on the table, so it's up to Canelo. Otherwise, Canelo took it. Why is Canelo not engaging in that chat? Why is Canelo not going, yeah, man, fucking, you're right. Canelo's not that. Mm. Me and Canelo know who the real fight is. They know what the biggest test is out there. Mm -hmm. They know that. And they're not saying that either. They're not, they're not engaging with Benavidez Senior to go, well, actually, if someone puts the money on the table, we'll take that fight because that becomes a different conversation. So I think Canelo is, I wouldn't say avoiding him, but tiptoeing around it. Oh, maybe it's because mate, no there's one absolutely because, an element of that. There's absolutely maybe it's an because nobody can get the 30. We talked about it on, on Monday. No one can find the 35 million necessary to get Canelo in a ring. And as far as Canelo is concerned, as you just pointed out, that's my base rate. That ain't my David Benavidez, shit him in a real fight, legacy yeah. on the line, fucking fight. Ben, fighting Benavidez now, that's like when I fought fucking Mayweather. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to hand in the keys to the throne. Then you're going to pay me, motherfuckers. Ain't, that ain't my base rate. So maybe that's yeah. where Canelo's mind is in terms of Benavidez. But whatever's going and on the, the, out there. Listen, there's, the loads of, there's loads of noise as well. Um, I, I, I've had back some forth with people on social media about certain things. About Benavidez's team offered him 50 million last year. They're offering him 50 odd million. Well, hang on a minute. It's all right. I can offer anybody whatever amount of door. I can offer you whatever you amount amount of door. The dude already has. He's got Mexican television rights and all these types of things. They're all tied up. They're all. He's already getting weighed in on all those things. You've yeah. got to make. You've got to go to him and say and make him an offer that he can't refuse. If you genuinely want the fight and you can and you can make the finances work, make him an offer that he can't refuse. Here's an offer. Here's an offer that might tickle his tonsils. What about if old Frankie boy, whose birthday it was this week? Happy birthday, Frank. Good mate of mine, Frank's. What about if old Frankie boy has a chat with Uncle Turkey? And he go, right, then what we'll do? We'll give you Anthony Yard, and then you face the winner of the Terbiev Bivol. I'm, I'm going to push, I'm going to keep pushing this down people's throats, Adam, until it happens. But maybe that's. If, if he doesn't want to do Benavidez, where's the legacy fight? Well, the legacy fight's at light heavyweight. The legacy fight for Canelo, the swan song, the ultimate sign-off. Look how fucking amazing I was. Was I the best Mexican of all time? I've just added the light heavyweight belt. That is fighting Anthony Yard. Anthony Yard, win that fight, face the winner of Batavia versus Bivol. That could be a route. Maybe that's something that... Where's Anthony Yard come from? Well, I'm just thinking, how do we get... Canelo as an attraction in a light heavyweight division over to Saudi Arabia. Well, let's go to the guy with the ear of the man in Saudi Arabia. Eddie, and his... Eddie's, Eddie's got Canelo's ear, and he's also got Turkey Al Sheikh's ear, hasn't he? They're all in but on it. Got... Yeah, but he hasn't got Anthony Yard. Anthony Yard. Why, do you, why do you need Anthony Yard? Why do you need Anthony Yard? Because you need a name in that light heavyweight division where Canelo can get a big win over. Not that he Canelo not doesn't need the big win. Yeah, but no, but Canelo, Canelo in it. You want that introduction to Saudi Arabia to face the winner of Batavia versus Bivol to get that relationship going now. There's only one person that can go there to 35 mil, and that's Turkey Al Sheikh. So, what yeah. do we do? Where's the attraction? Right. Well, let's bring him over and face Anthony Yard, one of the biggest names in the light heavyweight division. Frank's boy, Eddie's boy, Bing Bang Bosch, 
Crossover done. Boom. Now we've got a winner for Batavia versus Bivol. Boom. You win it. You know Uncle Turkey likes that. This is the basically the light heavyweight version of AJ versus Nganu. Mate, I'll tell you what, this promo's done you in, hasn't it? It's absolutely sent you to the fucking moon, mate. Where, where are you? Come back. Come back to the fight disciples. What's up with you, man? Oh, man. Oh, lunatics everywhere. Uh, speaking of which, have you seen, I don't know if you saw this, actually. Um, it was in the build-up to the to promoting the Sam Eggington fight this weekend. It's a Wasserman production, isn't it? Uh, Calla was uh, on Talk Sport talking about Eubank Jr., someone obviously that he works with, mm-hmm. um, and saying that they're in negotiations for Eubank Jr., Kelbrook. Those conversations are uh, are still ongoing. Listen, how many times have I got to say this? First and foremost, Kel, I, I understand. I understand. It never leaves you, man. The fire ain't going out. I understand that. But... Not many people get the opportunity to walk off into the sunset with that signature moment. Carl Froch got to do it. He landed the shot of it, one of the best shots of his life against George Groves and cleared off and he's enjoying the fruits of his labour. You've got that opportunity now. You've just beaten the guy that has been bugging you for years and years and years and years and years. You've beaten him, mate. Yeah? Great win. I'm sure you got weighed in and you've got a few quid in your back pocket. Leave it. You don't have to come back don't have to come back it's done okay from a Eubank junior point of view said right at the start of the year this is the year that you have to fight for a proper world title mate this is the year we've been talking about it for time mentioning the likes of the triple g's mentioning the likes of the canelos you ain't getting the canelo fight you ain't getting that and triple g looks like he's he's done because he's now the president of the olympic committee in kazakhstan or whatever he is right so You've got to take control of your career. What are you, 33 years of age now? Mm-hmm. The noise that I've heard coming out of Chris Eubank Jr.'s uh, mouth is positive. He's the, he's actually said, I want to be fighting Yannabek. Why are we messing about talking about this fight, this fight, this fight? Get on your promoter and tell your promoter, listen, make me the Yannabek fight. I don't know what the situation is with the WBO. The last time I checked the uh, rankings which was mid-February, and they haven't been updated on my little thing here since mid-February. He was still the number one. But I saw a, couple, a thing last week that Hamza Shiraz has been boosted uh, mm-hmm. to number one in, in that in that division. I don't, I don't know what the layout is. I am sure that Eubank can lobby, if he is still the number one, to get that shot. Get so that come point. on, man. So come on. Let's stop messing about. Let's stop talking about taking, bringing people out of retirement. So you, I understand there's money there, and I understand the casual audience will buy it. But let's stop talking about that, and let's find out. Because of your name, the bit, there's still going to be big money fights there after whether you are successful or not against Yannibek. They're still Correct. going to be there, but let's have a go at Yannibek, for crying out loud. Exactly. It'd be a travesty if Chris got to the end of his career and never fought for an actual world title because he's been sniffing around them and talking about them for so long. And as you say, he could go and fight Yannibek. He could lose against Janabek, not saying he would, but he could lose against Janabek and then come fight and, Kel- and come back and fight Kelbrook and still well, get not the even Kelbrook. I, I wouldn't do that. Or anyone, or anyone, you know, he's still yeah. he's still got that name value to have those name value fights. Yeah. Listen, Kel's a grown man. You know, I, I like Kel, I like Kel a lot. And if Kel feels like he wants to come back and fight, then who the fuck am I to tell him he can't? I don't think he should. Like you, he's had the perfect finale. 
But who am I to tell a man, no, no, you shouldn't come back and earn millions of quid fighting a guy that you believe you're far superior than even at this stage of your life. So, but for Chris, just do the Janabek fight. Just do it. Go for it. Let's find out, man. Don't be that guy that ends his career going, oh, I could have been a, I could have been a contender, baby, but I was too busy over here making money. Come on, man. Go for it. And on that note, we finish the show. Um, the next time that you'll be seeing our cheeky little faces talking about boxing will be uh, live Monday night. Make sure you come and join us for that. Uh, because it is obviously going to be AJ Ngannou fight week. And as uh, I said a little earlier on in the week, and as Nick has said uh, a moment or two ago, we are going to be live eight o'clock on our YouTube channel every single night next week. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then live watch along on Friday. So Monday, we'll be talking all things AJ. Tuesday, we'll be talking all things Francis Ngannou. Wednesday, if you want to get involved with it, we are bringing Fight Club back so you can be a part of the Fight Disciples show. And then yes. on Thursday, we'll have a roundup of everything that we've seen that week, from press conferences to weigh-ins, to how we think that everything's going to play out on that Friday night. So make sure you come and join us for it. Subscribe to us on YouTube so for you get the notifications so you know when we are live. And also... You can interact because it's a live show. You can send messages to the program as well. All right. Uh, so make sure you get involved with that. Enjoy the fights this weekend. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.